Well, Phil, that was uh, Sridhar Stephen Silberfine from New York. I mean, we, we meet a lot of interesting people doing these interviews. I have to say, <laughs> he's one of the more interesting people that's had an uh, uh, eventful life in, in many ways. And I think he was very honest, direct with us. And what was particularly interesting was, you know, when you think of the 60s, you think of drug, sex, rock and roll and all. But it was also the beginning of a lot of uh, spirituality, turning inward. I mean, you get into this in great detail in your book, American Veda, but here's a guy that really lived through it, and I don't know anybody that knew more of the yeah. gurus than he did, and uh, fascinating. Yeah. No, it's true. He's kind of the uh, poster child for the 60s uh, spiritual teacher, sort of hippie-turned-spiritual practitioner-turned-spiritual activist. A lot of people took those paths, but he's the kind of prototype in, in many ways, and started, you know, before the big wave. You know, most of it was post Beatles going to India, which is quite nearly 50 years ago now. And, uh, but Sridhar got started even earlier, as he said, uh, in the early 60s when he met Rudy, and, um, and then later, uh, Caught, uh, was sort of ahead of the wave of the late 60s. Right, um, right. He, he started in around 62. I sort of yeah. became aware of that world in the late 60s, 1970, 69, around then. You probably a little mm -hmm. bit before then. A little early, so, like 66, 67. And, yeah, and before, when he got, was involved, it, was, it wasn't hippie days. It was beatnik days. It was way back, and it was really mm -hmm. a handful of people. And he when the, it was in the midst of it in New York. And he survived a lot of the, the rough stuff that happened. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, uh, but, you know, he's committed his, uh, his life. He's got to be into his 70s now uh, yeah. on a spiritual path. And I think Bhakti Fest is, uh, uh, continues the, uh, to introduce new people and, and have a place for people that have been involved in spirituality uh, to come together. And, and I think your question about, you know, are there young people coming? Are there seekers? Is and uh, he gave some uh, some insight into that. Obviously, there are people yeah. coming along, and there are teachers coming along. Yeah, there are more than ever. But um, you know, there's um, the new generation. You know, the people in, who are now in their twenties and thirties, and I have had some exposure to them. I've I've given talks and things at Bhakti Fest. I've talked at yoga studios, and. Um, but Sridhar, of course, is much more involved, and you know, to them, he's he like you and I would be uh, is an elder, and you know, one I hope who is treated with uh, a certain amount of respect because of the experience he's had and the perspective that affords. But I found a lot of very sincere um, and uh, dedicated uh, spiritual uh, seekers and practitioners who are young. And I guess, you know, I don't know if the breakdown of serious spirituality to frivolous or uh, sort of complacency uh, is any different than it was in the 60s. He seems to think so, and he may be right. Mm -hmm. he, but, also um, seemed, yeah, he also seems to be a concern, and I think it's a very legitimate concern, about technology and how technology is, uh, can uh, and seems to be taking away from people's uh, focus inward. And, and I've noticed that just in a very simple way, like, and I'm guilty of it myself, but if you see people queuing up to go to a movie, a lot of people used to sit quiet, stand quietly and sort of self-reflect. 
Now people can't stand one second of silence, it's so they're true. constantly on their phone. And, and the ultimate is there are phone apps for meditation now. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, yeah. but everything <laughs> has to be on your phone. And, and again, I, I'm guilty of some of this, but I'm trying to make myself aware of it, that you have to unplug from this technology once in a while and clear your head. And with artificial right. intelligence developing and all, I, I think what we'll see, Phil, is a reaction to this and people actually making very severe breaks from, uh, from technology because it can enslave one. And it, it was obviously something that he's, uh, he has concern about, and I think rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, and it's, it's a legitimate one, but, you know, we had different kinds of concerns uh, back in the 60s, and people throughout history have had other forms of distraction. Television, um, radio, you know, I'm doing this biography of Yogananda, and he's talking about people's distractions in the 20s and 30s. You know, this you know, before there was even television yeah. or or and, sound and, 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 and motion pictures. Yeah, in Roman you know, times, so. uh, you know, uh, parents lecturing their kids, stay away from these chariot races. They're just <laughs> you, you know the the other yeah, thing, right? The, the, the Cock other fights thing, and crab <laughs> shooting. <laughs> the, the the other thing that he got into, and I thought very honestly, and and I thought I, I really liked his answer when when you know when he was asked about uh, gurus and and and. Uh, Corru corruption, uh, but does yeah, that, if, yeah. if a guru uh, shows a human flaw, then do you throw out the teaching, or do you work with that? And you know, right. it's real clear. Yeah, I mean, you don't throw it all out because you can still learn from a person. And I, I guess a, a analogous to that would be like you know, a parent. Somebody listens to, to a parent or an uncle or a guardian, and and maybe they're very flawed in a lot of ways, but it doesn't mean they they don't have a good side and they don't learn from them as well. So I think well, that, but that's, that, yeah. and I think that's a terribly important um, fa fact that people have to adapt to, and and um, and every spiritual seeker has to learn at some point. We have a tendency to um, project onto gurus a certain kind of perfection that's you know not the kind of um, expectation. Uh, that you would consider fair, you know, mm -hmm. there's, a, you know, the so gurus are human beings, and um, we can glorify them, and, and many of them are worthy of reverence and um, tremendous, you know, beyond respect, but they're still human beings, and they still have personalities, right. and they still have likes and dislikes, and, and they don't know everything, and they can't do everything, and they can't meet everybody's expectations. Right. And I, I, so, uh, you know, people have to be aware of the, their humanity. Right. On, on the other hand, I think the guru also has the responsibility of not overstating who and what they are. That, um, Absolutely. And, 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 and that can happen as well. So it's like anything else. Every, everybody encounters different people teachers, gurus, whatever, and uh, makes a decision or uh, understands what they can gain and what they can't gain from them. I mean, I've been, you know, we've been in college, graduate school, and they were professors. They were like, some were like phenomenal. I learned tremendous amounts from them. On the other hand, maybe in their personal lives, they were, you know, not so uh, uh, balanced right. or whatever. But so you, you would pick and choose and be discriminating. And, and so that's why right. I think my warning would be, you know, if you get involved with a guru or a guru-centric movement to be very careful and not to lose your discrimination at the same right. time not to just uh say well there's nothing to learn here because this person is not perfect 
you know, so. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that can happen. You know, you can, you can be overly um, enamored of a guru, and in which case you're setting yourself up for disillusionment. Or you can go the other way and uh, be cynical, in which case you're closing yourself off from the positive influence of a, that a, a guru might have. And, you know, the other thing is people think that if they want to get the benefit of a presence of a guru, they have to completely surrender and they have to uh, behave a certain way. Well, that, that may be true of the rare person who's going to be a committed disciple. But, the, you know, there's no reason you can't go and be yourself and be authentic and also learn from uh, any guru. Right, right. My, you know, my advice to it, it should be comfortable, it shouldn't be forced, and, and one should be open, and, but at the same time, keep, yeah. keep that discrimination. Uh, uh, have you ever been to the Bhakti Fest? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been two or three times. Tell us about I've it. Give, I, I've given talks there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a great experience. You know, it, it, it's very hot and dry out there. It's I was the thinking that, yeah. It's uh, September. So you have to stay cool, but they do a very good job of, you know, making sure there's shade and air-conditioned places to go to and plenty of uh, healthy, you know, good, pure water to drink and uh, food and so forth. And, you know, it's very civilized. And, it's you know, one of the interesting things is, um, you know, there's a very... uh, lovely sense of community and um, people being awfully nice and kind to one another from what, what I gather. But there's, you know, the, the, the heart of, of Bhakti Fest, you know, is the, the spirit of seekers coming together. But um, it's, it's called Bhakti Fest because, you know, for a good reason. It, it is of um, the kirtan element the chanting and the music. Uh, there are yoga classes. There are people giving talks, you know, like I did. But um, mostly it's the music and the chanting and the ecstatic experience of chanting with a few hundred or a few thousand people and a, and a gifted uh, performer. Like we have had Jayutal on the show. Yeah. Se- several of our, several of our guests are either speaking or performing at yeah, uh, that's right, and and it's and you know that's very very appealing, and it's uh, it's a very transformative experience for the people who go and are open to it. Great. Well, uh, another good one, and uh, we have many more. And as a matter of fact, uh, coming up, uh, one of the people we're going to interviewing, very rare indeed. He's a he was a um, Greek Orthodox priest for thirty years, yeah. but now very deeply involved in Buddhism. So. Uh, okay. Here we go. From every corner. Uh, until next time, Phil. Okay, Dennis. Bye.